This is Jamie Finn from Foster the Family, and this is The Real Mom Podcast. Hey there, moms. It is episode 11 of The Real Mom Podcast, which feels legit. We are in double digits. We've been at it for a while, and I have a good one for you today. It's Crystal Bowen. She is a biological mom of three boys, a foster mom, an author, and she has great perspectives that she shares today. We talk when things don't go according to plans. We talk failed reunification. We talk saying yes to a placement that maybe you want to say no to. And this is a good one. So I hope you enjoy episode 11 of The Real Mom Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Crystal Bowen. Crystal is a biological mom of three boys, a foster mom, an author, and I'm excited for you to hear from her today. Crystal and I don't know each other very well, and so I feel like I'm going to be asking questions that I really don't know the answer to. We'll get to know her together. So, hi, Crystal. Hi. I'm happy to have you today. Thank you for inviting me on your podcast. I've been looking forward to it. Oh, good. Let's be real about where you and I are right now so we can just like get rid of all sort of, I am hiding in my basement because the baby is asleep in my bedroom. And where are you? I am in my master bathroom on the floor. This is how moms (laughs) do ministry and (laughs) boss. Yeah. We do it in the bathroom and in the basement hiding from everyone. (laughs) Exactly. It's glamorous. Exactly. So tell me about your family. Okay. So um, my husband and I have been married. It'll be 15 years this month. And we have three boys, um, biological. Jack is nine. And then we have twin seven-year-old boys. And then right now we're fostering a three and a half-year-old little girl. So that's kind of our family makeup. So let me ask you sort of the stereotypical question. Okay. You have three boys. With foster care, where you can choose the gender, is it, are you trying for a girl, basically, in the foster care sense? (laughs) No, no. In fact, I was scared when we got this little girl, because I was pretty much, I'm a boy mom, and we were done having our own kids, and I didn't want to have a girl, (laughs) to be honest. I was scared. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it is a whole other experience. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's kind of how I, I feel about boys. Like I, I, to be honest, didn't really want a boy and then got yeah. like the boyest of all the boys. And so I feel you there. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have, I, I love little girls. They're just, they're just like a special little breed. She's fun. Yeah. It's okay. So, <laughs> so tell me about her. How long has she been with you? So, um, June 1st of this year, it'll be a year that she was placed initially with us. Um, uh, We had a failed reunification in January. So she went home for about 30 days, actually exactly 30 days. And then we got a call to um, come get her if we could. So it'll be a total of a year with her on vacation with family for a little bit of that. And then um, some time with mom and dad. Okay. So what was your communication with mom like when she was back home that 30 days? Um, It was amazing. 
we really uh, believe strongly in um, making big efforts to wrap around families and to cheer for them and root for them. And so we went out of our way to let them know we were, you know, concerned and caring for them. And so we would email and then we got like a Google voice phone number and we would text and we had a visit with her. We took her to church and um, then she called us one night and she was super sad and wanted to see us. And at that point, I kind of started to feel a little bit concerned. And then it was a few days later that we ended up um, going and picking her up again. So, okay. So fleshed out to me a little bit that what you said, you believe in making big efforts to wrap around families. What does that look like for you? For us, it means going above and beyond. So we, you know, when we first jumped in, it was, you can provide updates on the child. Well, I wanted to provide pictures and kind of a running diary of what was going on. And I, when I first meet the mom, I kind of go out of my way to say, I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. And as awkward as it is, and sometimes as much as I have to fight, (laughs) you know, my own self and my opinions, I know that the, the plan and the goal of foster care is reunification. And so if I can help that, then I want to, and I don't ever want to be a hindrance Uh, especially for me personally, our goal is that everybody finds Jesus. And so if my attitude or my behavior is limiting somebody or hindering somebody from finding him, then, you know, that's on me. So I just want to, I'd rather, I'd rather love too much and show up too much and give too much grace than not. So we have gone out of our way with gifts and cult, you know, pictures and things like that. I love that. You, we sound like like soul sisters and that I love even what you just said, um, of giving too much love, too much grace. I always think of the verse, like if someone asks you for your cloak, give them your tunic also. And just that like going above and beyond that, that it's almost unfair how loving we're being. It's going to be at our own expense. (laughs) We're going to love at our own expense, but that that is as Christ, like, as you get loving someone at your own expense is, is Christ-like love. And so when we're really trying to be motivated by loving these kids and these parents as Christ does, I think that that's what it looks like going above and beyond to people who might not be grateful, who might, you know, have accusations and, and pin you against them, even when you're not against them and all that, that's, man, that's how we are with God. (laughs) And he loves us. (laughs) so sacrificially. Yeah. Yep. Have you had other experiences where you've made the effort with parents and haven't gotten a good response? Well, this is just our second. Okay. We've we've done respite, um, like short-term respite in between. Uh, so our first placement was actually, um, just over two years ago. And it was just a single mom and we had the same kind of relationship. It's an amazing story with her. So I haven't, I mean, at first this one was pretty hesitant and I just kept being pushy with my love Mm -hmm. and I wore down. So (laughs) I haven't had a negative experience yet. I know it'll come, but 
Yeah. So tell, tell me more about that first experience, that first kiddo and their case. Oh man. Um, so we were provisionally certified and so what does that mean? Provisionally so, certified. So we hadn't gone through the whole entire home study. We'd done, they're in such a desperate need for oh. foster families that they are certifying people without fully finishing their certificate. Oh my gosh. Where are you, Crystal? Where do you live? We're in Oregon. We're in okay. Oregon, Jackson County. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that would be similar to like here, if you're kin, it would be the same sort of thing where they do a quick initial check yes. and then they're licensing you as you go. Yes. So they're doing that for basically everybody these wow. days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we um, hadn't finished our full home study and we got a phone call about 24 hours later to take uh, this seven month old boy. And we did like an hour later, he was dropped off and with nothing. <laughs> um, and the first time I met his mom, she's about my age. And I just said, I'm for you. I'm with you. And we ended up having a really good relationship. And I, at one point was able to sit in a room with her, with this little baby. I was rocking him and she was sitting across from me. And I said, just tell me your story. And she was pregnant again at this time and wasn't sure what she was going to do with the baby and had talked about um, ending the pregnancy and then had mentioned something about uh, maybe somebody in the paper puts an ad for a baby. And I said, mm. oh, that's probably not you know, the best way to go, but I have some friends that are interested in adoption privately and they were a foster family too. And I connected them. And so my friends adopted her babies, her baby, who's the half brother of our foster son and her foster. So our foster son and her reunified. And today is two years today that they've been reunified and we just texted each other a little bit ago. So (laughs) pretty incredible, incredible case and situation where we are. Yes to foster care then gave this other baby, um, life and a new family that might not have been. And I just always think about, we don't know what our yes is going to do. We just don't know. So sometimes you just have to jump. Oh my gosh. I love it. That is amazing. Do you, I'm guessing you still see this friend and this baby that they adopted. Do you feel a special bond with this child? I do. Every time I see them, I get emotional. They go to our church. Oh my gosh. Um, We were a part of like their, when they dedicated him, got to kind of stand up in the front row as like this people that had supported them. And they're like, thank you. We like, we wouldn't have this little guy if it wasn't for you. It's, it's very weighty and I get emotional all the time about it. And I just think only God could do something like that. That is amazing. That's really cool. The closest thing I have to that is one of my best friend's adopted my foster son. And that's awesome. Yeah. So he was with me for 13 months and then he moved to her. And, you know, besides my biological and adopted children, there's really no person that I feel such a, a love for and a connection with. And there's just something about playing such an important part in someone's story. And like you just said, in what me taking this child, the ripple effects of that for him and his adoptive family forever. It's just, it's mind blowing. It's when you step back, you are just like, 
okay, I know that God has a plan in everything. I know that he's doing something good in everything, but when I see it so clearly, I'm just overwhelmed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's so humbling to play a part in. I love it. That's really cool. So you still hear about your former foster son also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do play dates probably a couple times a year. We try to get together at the park. Okay. So let's talk about, we were just talking about, you know, we don't know what God's plans are. And I, I always say that one of the most important parts of being a foster parent is being flexible and really being, um, it's this weird combination of being strong and, advocating for these kids and standing up for yourself and all that kind of stuff, but also just being really flexible and all of that. How, what has it been like with you as things haven't gone according to plan? You know, you just talked about a failed reunification and what has that been like with you processing and with God and within your family and just take that topic and run with it. Okay. Um, well, it hasn't been pretty. I'll just say that I'll be honest. Um, we really, our family needed a break. Okay. Uh, we, we were, we were going to take like a significant sabbatical and I was going to work on, uh, speaking and advocating and, uh, book stuff and let my family kind of heal. Um, she was only supposed to be a 30 day placement. Mm, One of those. (laughs) Yeah. So in our heads already, we, we weren't prepared for the seven months initially that we had her. So when she went home, it was like this deep breath and we felt really good about her reunification and we were ready to take some time. So when we ended up getting her back, we were very much like, we're not sure if we can actually do this long-term And we kind of put out some fleece, like, hey, God, if we are supposed to have her again, then, you know, some things need to happen. Childcare wasn't at this time helped by the state. And I was working. And so we we weren't sure how we were going to do that. Wait, it's not helped by the state at all or with this specific placement? So we get a stipend, but that's doesn't include child. It's not childcare. So like it wouldn't even cover childcare. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How does anyone who works foster, I guess that's why they're in this crisis of having to Yeah. Why don't you just like step back and look at the situation a little bit? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. This month they've just started. It was brand new where they are going to be giving some towards working parents, but it's probably like a couple weeks worth total. If you look at, I think Oregon has one of the highest childcare rates in the country. So it doesn't quite match up, but it, it's a step in the right direction. So it was one of those, we need, you know, we had given up her childcare, like, are we going to be able to do this? And God provided everything along the way, but it was a big, um, it was a big like discussion with our family and our kids. Like, can we do this? And it was hard. I was angry for a while. Uh, I was feeling really selfish. My kids were struggling with the idea. Uh, we have a really small house and we made it work, but it can feel even smaller when you've got a, a yeah, little how, one running how around. How did you do that with three boys? Does that mean so, that you have like three boys in one room and she's in one? No, we have turned our, um, Oh, look at you. <laughs> 
closet into a bedroom. So she's off the side of our room. So initially she was in the twins room and then we moved her to the next room and then we had to move her to her own space. So we made it work. Um, but yeah, so it, it was like this time where God, I think was wanting to do more work in me and us than anything else and revealing more and more of selfishness and, and yeah, we have this commitment to our family, but also we are not okay with kids bouncing around. And we thought, well, can we, can we say yes to this and give up, you know, our comfort again and our, the unknown, because now at this point, case is moving to concurrent plan because of this failed, you know, failed reunification. So now we're in the mindset of she's not probably going home. And so shifting, this could even take a lot longer because there's no, you know, move to go back to parents. And so it's been hard, um, not easy, but I know it's the right thing. And so we're just trying to we were pretty honest with our kids, like walking through this together and, Hey, this isn't easy. I'm not having an easy time, but this is how we process it. And we believe God's faithful, you know, even still. So. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's hard when we have a certain expectation. (laughs) I struggle with expectations a lot, which for me then means for foster care, the way for me to survive is sort of throw away expectations. And I had to learn that pretty quickly. Like whatever they say to you, just kind of smile and nod and like, okay, yeah, it's going to be 30 days. Okay. And know in your heart that it may be something completely different. But with this, it's hard because it's not just like, oh, they told me they were going to show up and they didn't show up. And this is a hard thing because the emotions of, rooting for mom and wanting this little girl to be with her mom. It's, it's a whole other level of just like, Oh, just be flexible, but feeling brokenhearted of sort of how it played out and, and you know what it's going to mean for your family also. Yeah. I, I love what you said about, you know, we don't believe in, in kids bouncing around. And so putting our, beliefs into action and like, okay, I, you know, the hard to kid, hard to place kids. It breaks my heart that these kids are hard to place, but does that, what does it look like when I get a call for a hard to place kid? Does it look like me saying, okay, I'm willing to step out here and go out of my comfort zone? I'm interrupting my chat to make sure that you know about the Real Mom Podcast landing page. You can find it at www.realmompodcast.com. There, I connect you to my guests. I connect you to all the resources and books and recipes and shows and everything that we discuss. That will be the best place for you to get the Real Mom Podcast experience. Visit there, www.realmompodcast.com. To be honest, I probably struggle more with boundaries <laughs> and <laughs> sort of setting boundaries for what's best for our kids and stuff. We, I talk about this a lot with people because I think it's because it's a question we get a lot. People are very concerned about how it's going to affect their biological kids. So you just yeah. talked about, you know, walking through that with your children. 
tell me what it's been like for you to process through that and what your conversations with them have been like of, you know, we do hard things for God and for others. Right. Um, so we, we just, as a couple wanted our family to, like you said, put our faith into action. And so for our family, it was sitting down and saying, we know that we have a safe home and we're a safe family. And there are kids that don't, that are your age and younger and a little older that don't have a place. So we feel like what's like, it's a no brainer for us. So we're going to take in some kids and give them safety. And I can't explain all the reasons why they're not safe where they are, but just trust mommy and daddy. And so as we've gone along and they've seen the struggles and they, and they kind of pick up on some things, it's just been a continual saying, this is hard, but God is calling us to this and God's working in all of our hearts. And we are learning about how to be unselfish and sacrificial. And it kind of like popped the bubble for my kids of this safe little home environment, Mm. you know, like Mm -hmm. we're pastors at church and then we come home to the safety and so they're in this like little safety bubble and it kind of popped it for them. Like there's stuff going on out there. That's not good. And at your age, you can influence that and you can be a world changer. You can change the world as a seven and nine year old. And so giving them some pride in it and, you know, like, this is a big deal. Not everybody can be a foster brother. Like Mm. it's hard. Like you guys are doing this. And and really being open with the fact that even though it's hard, because we're not trying to pretend that it's not, um, it's good. And it can be both things. And you can feel both sad and happy and scared and excited. And, you know, even my oldest has talked about that. Like, I feel excited that she went home, but I feel sad, you know, that she's gone. And I said, that's okay to feel both things. So that's kind of how we've just been really open with it. And I like wear my emotions on my sleeve so they can tell when I'm having a rough day and I'm pretty open about what's going on. Like, Hey, mommy's just feeling overwhelmed because of the weight of this. And, and so we mommy and daddy pray about it, but it's okay to show your emotions. So I'm just pretty open. So right now, are you in, are you sort of actively trying to advocate for an adoptive family for this little girl? She has an incredible uh, family out of state that are working on being certified and we are in contact with them and they're amazing. And so we are being and hopeful for that. Yeah. Those, those things take a little longer than, (laughs) than you think they're going to take. And often I remember I got a call and it was, um, I think they said four months. And so I called two friends I knew who had done ICPCs and one said nine and the other said 12. And I was like, okay, let's see what it is. And it was like eight when things changed. But yeah, those, it's, you know what, that's a sad thing for me because uh, that's when you see the red tape getting in the way. When there's a family that preliminarily is appropriate and safe. And then it's just all the technicalities and you just think, oh, it's just a state line and it's just a kid and just let this happen. And it's so sad and hard. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's switch gears. Um, and let's talk about you a little bit. And 
I'm switching gears because I have something I'm going to make you answer. <laughs> one of, you have to talk about your book in one of these things, whether it's what you're doing or what you're reading, you got to talk about your book. So I want to know about what you're doing, what you're eating, reading, watching, and listening to. So fit your book okay. in there somewhere. Okay. Um, what I'm doing. So I did, I wrote a book last year called Edge of Wild. Uh, encouragement. So did you listen to Bryn's Bryn's episode where she (laughs) said she was reading your book? I, I was like, do I know this person? Mm -hmm. And I had to go like, look, and I met her at a family camp, but she's like a friend of our best friend's sister. And she didn't know that it was me. It was amazing. It was so cool. I'm like, Oh, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) The first Uh, time you hear your book mentioned on podcast, it's like, Oh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that book was really like, I processed everything from the very first time we felt God stirring in our hearts to do something bigger. And so I blogged, I blogged and blogged and blogged and wrote. And then I have a friend, um, that's an author. She's an amazing writing coach. And she said, um, why don't you just put this in a book? And it really went fast from there. And it was not like this. I don't have this all figured out. Like this is a me too book. It's like, here I am. I'm in the thick of it. Um, I needed some encouragement and I'm hoping this encourages other people. So it's not like a how to book or what to do book. It's a, if you just need some encouragement, then you're not alone. And um, my favorite part is that in the back there's prayers uh, for each person. There's prayers for the social worker, for the parents, for the family. And that was powerful for me because I prayed those prayers. So yeah, it's been amazing um, just to see how God's using it because that's what it was about. So that's kind of what I've been doing is promoting that and sharing it and talking about it. Cool. I, I want to read it. I'm sorry I haven't. I really, I love to read books about foster care. The problem is that I always have like 20 on my <laughs> nightstand and <laughs> I can only read so quickly. But I want to read this and I love what you said. I mean, that's, that's what I love about blogging is that you're not coming with a, hey, I arrived at the answer. Here's the answer. It's in the middle. You know, most of my blog posts are written in like, I'm pacing my room, like rage cleaning. And then it's all in my brain and I sit down and type it out. And it's just like, yep, this is me figuring this out and going to God and wrestling with him. And then here's what kind of came from it. That's exactly how I work. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to link to that. Can we get that on Amazon? Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, I can send you, I was going to send you a copy. I just have enough left. I'll give you my address, but I won't give it while we're on the podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So doing, what are you eating? Okay. Every morning, my sweet husband makes me breakfast and I work part-time. So he's been making me this like Dave's amazing bagel. You know, do you know Dave's amazing bread? No. I know. Do you not eat gluten? Do you? Is that, are you dairy? No, no, no. I do eat gluten. Yeah. I'm okay. Vegan. So it's like you, Dave's. It's like almost over- impossible to be vegan and gluten-free because then you literally okay. just eat vegetables. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, so it's like. Dave's killer bread. It's this amazing everything bagel with a fried egg and cheese. And I eat that every morning. So that's, it's like my go-to thing. That's amazing. Your husband makes you breakfast every morning. 
He does. Is this like a in tray on a tray in bed kind of thing, or is this no? I made one for myself, and I'll make you one too. This is that as I'm leaving the door, he hands it to me on a plate as I'm driving, and I usually eat it on my way to work. So sweet. (laughs) Yes, sweet. All right, reading. What are you reading? Okay, I am reading um, The Deepest Well by Dr. Nadine Burke Harris. It's about healing the effects of adverse childhood experiences, and it's incredible. And every foster adoptive parent should read it. She's done um, a TED Talk, and it's all about ACEs and Mm. trauma, and she's out of San Francisco, and it's incredible so I'm actually is she doing the one audible. that the, the TED talk has been like viral recently probably okay probably because I've watched one of exactly what you're talking about and I okay. feel like it's been going around the sort of foster circles recently yeah. I'll try to link to that too right. so does it read um like I'm guessing it doesn't read like a textbook is it no, very readable she, and accessible yeah there's medical parts of it, but she's really good about, let me break it down for you for like common people to understand. Uh, and I love it. I, the audible is awesome. It, she's the one talking, cool. reading her book, but, um, it's really good that. And then I'm just starting everybody always by Bob Goff. So. Mm. Oh, I haven't read that. Is that new? Yeah. It's his new one. Okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. This is like my favorite part of the show because this is where I get all my book recommendations from. I do the same thing when I list, I write down. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What are you watching? I am. Well, we've talked about this, I think on Instagram, but I'm just going to say I've never watched this is us. (laughs) (laughs) You're one of those, (laughs) but it's because I don't know if you've done any Enneagram studies. Um, like you've done Enneagram test. Okay. So my like Enneagram is a six, which is motivated by worry and anxiety. And so for me, anything I watch that like can trigger that is a, I have to step away. Yeah. And I just feel it's like so raw and I'm, it's too much for my like personality type. We'll get there someday. So (laughs) I know about it. I know I feel like I'm like an outsider in the foster mom world. (laughs) You don't belong here, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm okay with that because I know it's, it's okay. So to be honest, I'm watching- I've, I've heard people say that it's just, why do I need a thing that I already sort of worry about all the time? And Hey, let's do this for entertainment now too. So <laughs> exactly. I feel you. Okay. So I am watching, we just, I'm a big office fan. So I oh, watch fine. the office repeat over and over again. Okay. And then like all the time I need humor. So did you office- see the rumors that they're read that not redoing it? That they're doing like a reboot thing, but who was it without? I feel like it was without Steve Carell and John Krasinski. Oh. Oh, I know. And then you're kind of like, what is the show? But I, but I think it was Rain Wilson and a couple of the other people doing like a spinoff thing. Mm. Well, yeah, you're that's not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, the other thing we've been watching is comedians in cars getting coffee. Have you ever watched that? No, I started it and then I only gave myself a couple minutes. I only watch TV by myself when I'm like working. And okay. so I need something kind of mindless. Like you just said, The Office. I kind of like rewatch shows yeah. while I'm working. But uh, yeah. is that it's, good? 
it's funny. It's kind of hit and miss with episodes, but um, Jerry Seinfeld's super funny and it's just kind of mindless, like you said. So I kind of use it to turn my brain off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, nothing too exciting. All right. What are you listening to? I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I really like Reveal and Criminal. I'm really into criminal okay. <laughs> podcasts and books. So um, Criminal, the podcast is amazing. And then Reveal and Typology. It's the Enneagram study okay. with Ian, Ian Cron, I think. And then the Confessions of a, with, you know, Mike and Kristen. Okay. Yeah. The honesty yeah. adoption. Yes. That's um, all right. Well, let me ask you this because people always, you know, I have this podcast, but I don't listen to podcasts really. <laughs> and the reason is because I don't understand how people with kids do. When do you listen to podcasts? Okay. When I'm getting ready in the morning and I'm in the bathroom, it's always running. So okay. as soon as, as soon as I get out of the shower, I turn it on. Um, Depending on the podcast, I can have it playing while I'm washing dishes. If it's criminal, I can't. But if it's yours or Mike and Kristen's or what yeah. is criminal too intense? Is that what you mean? It's uh, there's some explicit content sometimes. In there. Oh, I see. Yeah. So if your kids and are, and I mean, it's like true crime. So they're talking yeah. about murder and yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you now. So yeah, so you so usually <laughs> yeah, and then I fall asleep to it sometimes. So, and then you have those are the times and wonder why you worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're not a big music person. You're a, a listening to word person. Well, I like just listen to the radio, okay. but I, yeah, my husband's a worship pastor. So we have music all the time. I bet. Um, my husband used have, to be a worship deacon. So okay. I feel you there. Yeah. We have a different taste in music though. So he's got jazz on and I'm like listening to Lecrae. Okay. <laughs> so that's like my jam. I um, love Lecrae. He's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's talk about where people can find you. Okay. On Instagram, I'm foster for the love. And then on Twitter, it's my name. Crystal Bowen. And then on Facebook, I'm Crystal Bowen writer. Yeah. All right. And then what, what's the link for your blog? Oh, that is crystalmarie.org. All right. I'm going to link to all of this so that everyone okay. can get all your good stuff and get to know you a little bit and follow you after this little introduction to you. Yes. This was great. I love, um, it's refreshing. I mean, the sweet part of this is getting to know different parents in different parts of their journey. So last week I talked to Kristen Berry, who has been at this for 20 years and as nine, it, I love hearing just how, what God is doing in all our hearts at yeah. different parts of it and how he's near all of us and teaching all of us. And we're kind of all yeah. on the same mission at different parts of it. So this was yeah. great. I'm really grateful for your time and your perspective. And thanks so much for taking the time with me, Crystal. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Real Mom Podcast. You can find us online, www.realmompodcast.com or on iTunes and subscribe. 
You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash realmompodcast or Instagram at realmompodcast. Thanks so much for listening.